the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. This sounds like the lead-up to one of those ESPN 30 for 30s. What if I told you there was a tech billionaire who makes awesome electric cars, smokes pot, is not a conservative, and he bought one of the world's most effective, opinion-shaping, big-tech communication entities. What if I told you? And you'd be like, well, the left would be cheering. Ah, but when it's Elon Musk and when he is committed to free speech, um, well, then it's just evil, terrible, horrible, awful, the end of society and civilization as we know it. I mean, Adam Schiff tweeted yesterday, here's my take on the world's richest man buying Twitter. He makes a great car and rocket, but I'm concerned his personal views will stop the fight against disinformation on social media. The problem on Twitter hasn't been too much content moderation. It's too much hate. No, the problem on Twitter, Adam Schiff, is that they shadow ban people. Like, I've lost 3,000 followers on Twitter in the last year. Do I really believe that Nobody polices who they follow on Twitter anymore. You follow who you follow. You very, it's very hard to add followers now. You pretty much got who you have, okay? Nobody's Twitter followers, unless they do something, they go viral or whatever. They're not going to lose 3,000, gain 3,000, just in the normal course of it. You say, wow, your pro-life stuff really offends people. I've been pro-life since day one. I got to 20,000 followers. Then I started putting things on there like Leah Thomas should be swimming with men. Oh, well, all of a sudden I'm starting to lose. Oh, I was 100 one day, 200 the other. Like, come on, they're down 200 in a day? I don't think so. Other people, like Clay Travis was saying today, he's picked up like 20,000 followers in the last two days. Why? Because they know at Twitter that Elon's coming for him if they have fingerprints on nefarious stuff that they've been doing. So they're all in a big freak out. Tom Cotton, though, the senator from Arkansas, he's having fun watching this mass hysteria. Well, I'm not even sure Elon Musk is a conservative. He has a lot of idiosyncratic political views. These days, if you support free speech, though, it draws the anger uh, of liberals, and they start to target you. That's why I think they're reacting so hysterically in many cases to Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, is they don't want to have these voices on social media. They want to censor views. Anything in their mind they don't dis- uh, that they don't agree with is disinformation or misinformation. Um, that's what I hope Elon Musk puts an end to, and that's what I hope he sets an example for other companies to do as well. Yeah, and here's the thing. I said yesterday, and I firmly believe this, the reason why Maddow, Joy Reid, Don Lemon, Sonny Hostin of The View, who you'll hear more from in a moment, 
Why they are so mad about this is because when there is no dissenting opinion on Instagram, YouTube, Google, Facebook, Twitter, well, then they have a monopoly on their bad ideas and they don't have to defend their bad ideas and they don't have to articulate sensible positions. They just overwhelm you with propaganda. If they could win on ideas, they would be winning. (laughs) But they're not winning. And if it is true that we had in 2020 the most secure election in history, as all the lefties tell you, then why do they deplatform you if you say that it was trifled with or if you require authentication? Why are they so upset by something that, if they're right, that it was so secure, it would be easily exposed? The phrase, methinks thou doth protest too much, was made for liberals of this area. So, uh, era. So I have said, Sonny Hostin talking about on the view that, oh, thir- 38% of women on Twitter have been exposed to uh, harassment. Well, you're lucky, girlfriend, if it's only 38% of you, because 62% of you are getting a pass. And then she's like, 85% of women have seen people disparaged on Twitter. What, are 15% browsing the site with their eyes shut? Because that's the only way not to see people disparaged on Twitter. That's kind of... What Twitter is, it's a place for people to flex their social media muscles and say things they would never say in normal, polite conversation. I'm not advocating for the fact that that's right. I'm telling you that it is. So here's more from the uh, inelegantly named Sonny Hostin. Interesting to me about Twitter is only 22% of adults um, are on Twitter in the world, and that's from a 2019 Pew study. Then why are you so worried about Elon Musk taking over the world by allowing free speech if only 22% of the people in the world are on Twitter? Again, stop a leftist after every sentence. And really think about what they say. And you don't have to be a trial attorney to tear apart their arguments. Oh, 38% of women. Okay, everybody gets it on Twitter. 38% so. 85% have seen it. So, what are they, delicate flowers? Well, no, I mean, don't you dare say women are delicate flowers. Only 22% of the people in the world are on Twitter, so Twitter doesn't really matter. Our whole rant is about why this matters. Um, And so Twitter is not the real world. And in fact, on Twitter, it is predominantly straight white men. Uh, No, it is not. It is not predominantly straight white men. It is people from all walks of life, and it is a large... I'll tell you what's way overrepresented on Twitter the LGBTQ community, because that's where they go to shout at people who don't cheerlead their deviant lifestyles. So when Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech, it seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And so so what if that's true? What if that is true, that it is? That's why Elon Musk is buying Twitter. He's really committed, by the way, to uh, furthering the free speech of straight white men if he's willing to sink 15 billion of his own money and commit 44 billion total to it which is 
you know, ridiculous. But of course, Sonny Hostin's talking, so it is anything she says is going to be ridiculous. But let's say she's right. Did I miss the clause in the Constitution that straight white men are not entitled to free speech? Is she making the argument that straight white men are not? Probably she is. Probably she is making that argument. So let them have it. Let them just go at it. I enjoy the blockbuster. So let them go at it. You've just spent a minute talking about why this has to be stopped, and your conclusion is, so let them go at it button on Twitter. Um, I think it has a real outsized influence in in, in our world because politicians and celebrities are on it. Um, And I think what may happen, quite frankly, with Elon Musk taking it over is that there'll be some other social media platforms that take over um, where where real people are, are talking. Oh, really? Elon Musk, who has $44 billion to buy Twitter, is going to be put out of business now that he owns Twitter by somebody else starting a rival site to Twitter. That's her take. If that were possible for less than $44 billion, don't you think Elon Musk might have thought of that? I mean, after all, he is pretty smart. He's got the most successful electric car company in the world. He knows how to send up a rocket and land it safely. I'm thinking it's possible for Elon Musk to figure out how to do an alternative to Twitter and make it work if anyone could do that. Is there someone else out there that has more than $44 billion to invest in the new Twitter, Sonny Austin? Because it apparently will take more than the amount of money Elon Musk is willing to pay for Twitter to do a better version of Twitter. Otherwise, Elon Musk would have done it for less money. Do you mean an alternative to Twitter like, remember Air America? Remember when Rush Limbaugh started to build a huge audience in the 80s and 90s? And the liberals were aghast that Rush was listened to by 50% of the people in the country because they adored him? and 50% of the people in the country because they despised him. But they all listened. And the liberals said, you know what we need to do? We need to start Air America. Let's come up with a liberal alternative to Rush Limbaugh. Um, They did it. Except no one listened. And it folded. There are those who say, well, you know, you watch Disney now. Disney, they're going to show Ron DeSantis. They're going to pull out of Central Florida, and they're going to go build Disney somewhere else. Really? Are they going to leave behind their billions and billions and billions of rides and hotels and monorails and attractions and buildings and roads? They're going to leave that all behind because they got their feelings hurt when Ron DeSantis said, no, 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 no. If you're not going to be the happiest place on earth, then I'm going to take away your special tax exempts. Yeah, Disney's going to leave Florida, leave all those buildings there. It's going to be a ghost town, and the state of Florida is going to go into economic depression because Disney pulled out. Or, 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 alternatively, Disney is going to say, wow, it'd be really expensive to find a place 
close enough to a major city like, I don't know, Orlando, where there's enough land to build another Disney. And wow, that'd be cost prohibitive. And we can't just stay mad at Ron DeSantis and not sell the existing Disney World to a conservative like, oh, I don't know, the Daily Wire or uh, Hobby Lobby or somebody like that. Because you know what? If if we let somebody come in here and buy this at a reduced rate because there's a limited number of people who could buy Disney World, they might come in here, buy it for a song, start a conservative theme park, and all those conservatives who don't have an altern- alternative now might go to conservative Disney replacement theme park. See, is it a requirement that you are just unspeakably ignorant to be a liberal? Ignorance is the availability of knowledge and the refusal to access it or allow it to change your opinion. I'm not insulting you. Well, I am because I think it's really dumb to be ignorant. But it is not fatal to be ignorant. It is not. It is not over. It is not something you cannot overcome. Being ignorant, it only forces you to avoid being ignorant, to open your mind and ask yourself plausible questions. No, Sonny Hostin, there will not be a liberal Twitter. That will put Twitter out of business. No Disney aficionados. There will not be a pullout from Central Florida. Man. And we wonder how Joe Biden got elected. Home stretch. Fast show today. That's what happens when you get two guests. But we're getting close to the primary. And I thought it was important for Rob Walgate to give his perspective on the Frank LaRose situation, on the gubernatorial primary, and Steve Cortez, commentator of renown in town, Grove City event, probably in full bloom right now, with J.D. Vance making a campaign appearance here, uh, hoping to cash that Donald Trump endorsement into a win. Here's Dana Perino this morning on... The program, I forget what they call it, with her and Bill Hemmer talking about the latest Fox News poll on the Ohio Senate race. Well, Ohio's Senate primaries are next Tuesday, so it's coming right up. On the Republican side, the newest Fox News poll has Trump-backed candidate J.D. Vance leading by about five points, while a quarter of voters remain undecided with the race less than a week away. Yeah, I, I think it's close. I think Mandel could win. I think Gibbons could win. I think Vance could win. Uh, I Somebody had a poll that. Dolan is in front. Uh, I can't believe that's right. Here's Josh Holmes of the Ruthless Podcast, really good podcast, by the way, uh, talking about the Senate race, how important it is. Uh, well, let's uh, yeah, this is how this is what he has to say about the Senate race in general and the necessity for Ohio to follow Rob Portman with another Republican. I think we've seen uh, Republican primaries now begin to take hold. You can see some of that red wave building that you're likely to see in the general election show up in primaries sort of across the country. Ohio Senate race has been a ton of attention, a ton of money spent, so I expect that turnout to be up. But we saw a month ago in Texas the same thing happen. Republicans coming out of the woodwork. People who are newly Republicans coming out of the Mm -hmm. woodwork. And so, yeah, I expect this to be a high turnout race. Yeah, it better be a high turnout race in the fall. 
You can't go home mad if your candidate doesn't win the primary and stay home. You can't stay home if your candidate in the governor's race doesn't win. You might as well just give a vote to a Democrat if you do that. Here's Josh Holmes on the ever-changing picture at the top of the polls in the Ohio Senate race. This is an absolutely essential Senate race for Republicans. And if you like primary campaigns, you're going to like the Ohio Senate race. This has been an all-out war for the better part of a year. And, and just about every candidate in the race has had their moment in the sun. Uh, largely been in the number one or number two slot, but every other candidate, and we've had them all on the program, there's not a lot of difference between them in policy positions. And it, frankly, they have a lot of similarities overall, but it's become sort of a personality contest. And, and what's interesting is that each one of them have, have made a run up to the top. It seems like J.D. Vance is peaking at the right time. He's taken the lead in your poll and several others that I've seen. It's a good time for his camp. Yeah, but I don't think it's in the bag for him, and I don't think Vance thinks it's in the bag for him. Uh, there are there are a number of ways this can go. I do feel a little bit bad for Jane Timken because Jane Timken did a lot of good work for Donald Trump as the Ohio Republican Party chair. And for whatever reason, I think I think Trump is <laughs> I think I don't know what the percentages are. I think Trump well, he's not unusual in this. Nobody wants to endorse a losing candidate. And I think if Timken were closer, then maybe she'd have had a better chance at getting the endorsement. It's interesting how Trump picked. I wonder how much the Gibbons-Mandel nose-to-nose thing in Gehanna had to do with Trump endorsing Vance. You say, well, Trump would go nose-to-nose. He might. He might. He might, but that was a temperament thing. That's about when Gibbons started to fall, when he took the bait that Mandel put out there. But Mandel could win. Gibbons could win. J.D. Vance could win. Now, there is a report out from U.S. News and World Report ranking the best high schools in the state of Ohio. And the best high school in central Ohio on that list is Bexley High School, number four in the state. Grandview comes in 11. Dublin Jerome comes in 15. I'm looking down the list, down, 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 for Upper Arlington, which when I lived in Upper Arlington, was a point of pride how great the schools were. UA is 27th on the list. 27th in Ohio. Whoo! That will not land well. How many millions they spend on that new high school? It's beautiful. The latest iteration of Go Woke, Go Broke. They're not going broke in Upper Arlington monetarily, but prestige-wise? Wow. Paul Imhoff, what are you doing? I know what you're doing. You're prioritizing stuff that a lot of your parents don't like, and they're sending their kids to Veritas, and they're sending their kids to Watterson, and they're sending their kids to Worthington Christian, and they're sending their kids, and they're homeschooling their kids. That's what they're doing in Upper Arlington because they don't want Paul Imhoff and his woke enslaved to Harper's Corner and other nut job initiatives to take over their schools. I feel bad for you if you're in UA. I have had conversations with people from UA who've clicked on my name at patriotswitch.com, and boy, do they tell me a horror story about the UA schools. So... Maybe you'll be the person, or two, or three, or four, that I will reach out to tonight. 
If you're interested in making your shopping dollars count, go to PatriotSwitch.com. Buy your goods from an American company, manufactures them, ships them right to your home. Click Bruce Hooley in the drop-down menu, and yes, it'll really be me when I call you. Dennis Prager is next here on 989 The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.